Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. On this episode, we welcome Mark X. Cronin. Speaker, entrepreneur, and the co-founder of John's Crazy Socks, a social enterprise with a mission to spread happiness. Co-founded along with his son John, who is diagnosed with Down syndrome, the company has proven that pursuing social goals, and demonstrating what people with differing abilities can achieve, makes for good business. John and his father both join host Dan Moore for a spirited discussion. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, y'all. Hey, Dan, thanks for having Dick us. Dan, I, I appreciate it. I went online and just ordered my superhero Down syndrome socks. Hey, thank you. Because my daughter is a special education teacher and focuses on children with Down syndrome. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. So I'm proud to buy those. It's fantastic and great to have both of you here. One of the things that we're so interested in is sort of the twists and turns of people's lives. And I wonder if you could maybe share some of those most significant turning points and pivots and influences that led you from your start at, at Holy Cross and before, and then into what you're doing today with John's Crazy Socks. I, I think we all have some twists and turns. I could go back to my 20s. I was in a doctoral program for literature at the City University of New York. I'm sitting in a seminar on Thoreau, about five of us in the class, on the day the U.S. invaded Grenada, right? We had to save some uh, med school students that they said we were under threat from Cuba, and I wanted to get involved. So I left, and the next day I knocked on my local congressman's door and said, I want to come work for you. And they said, ah, go away. The campaign is next year. I said, no, I'm not looking for to work in a campaign. I just want to get some experience. And they let me do some work. And about two months later, they gave me a, a full-time job. And so now I'm working as a congressional aide. And I wanted to further myself. And I'm thinking, ah, let me go to law school, because that's what people do to work in the public policy arena. The congressman was encouraging me to do that. I got something in the mail from the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. And I read that. And I said, this is what I want. And I applied there, and they graciously took me into school. So lots of turns. Uh, you mentioned I went to Holy Cross. A professor, a, a Jesuit priest named uh, Father Greg Carlson, who I had had my freshman year for a Greek literature class, calls me in his office, and he says, you should apply for our honors program. And I kind of did a double take because I was not of the ilk to be applying for this honors program, which was very rarefied air at the school. And to show you how I'm really not that smart, he was the head of the program and encouraging me to apply. And I'm still thinking, well, I'm not going to get in this. But I did. And it turned out to be a wonderful experience. What I was thinking about there recently, I don't know what possessed him to do that. It was a moment of great generosity to take his time. But he did. I later at the Kennedy School learned, because I served on the admissions committee, that being in that program made the difference on whether or not I got into the Kennedy School or not. And that altered the course of my life and what followed from there. And so that one moment of generosity from that one person changed the direction of my life. And I think we all have things like that. 
I love that story in particular because it's paying it forward. He had no idea that that was going to have that impact on you. And you have been one to advocate for so many causes since then. You're right. You know, they attribute this quote to John Lennon, right? Man makes plans and God laughs. Even when I got out of school, graduated, I didn't have a job. I went down to Cape Cod and worked there in a very different environment, very different economy. 1980, very hard to find jobs. And I didn't know what I'm doing. In September, I got on my bicycle and I rode from Cape Cod down to Washington, D.C. to visit a friend that I hung there for a few days. I got back on my bicycle and I rode up to Brooklyn, stayed there with a friend, and I was about to leave. And in the middle of the night, I called my girlfriend, my girlfriend then, now my wife. And it turned out a relative of mine had passed away and they were looking to let me know. And that night I I go to the wake and a friend, a family comes up and says, what are you doing? I say, I have no idea what I'm doing. And she was a, a nun who ran a Catholic school. And uh, she said, well, I had a teacher quit on me today. How about you come and teach for me? Hmm. Two days later, I'm in the classroom teaching math and religion to seventh and eighth graders. Pure happenstance. And you've had a very successful career in business and leading up healthcare companies, starting a software company doing so many things. And now you and your son have John's Crazy Socks. Tell us about how that all came about. Well, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Nice. Let's go back a little more than five years. And our story, this particular story, starts in suburban Long Island in, in a town called Huntington. And where were you, buddy? I was going to be in my last day of school. And so let me tell you a little bit about John, my partner, my son. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A philanthropist, an athlete, a dancer. And John also happens to have Down And if you're anywhere in, in the U.S., if you have a disability, you can stay in the public school system until you turn 21. And this is really important because when you're in school, all of your programs and supports are right there in front of you. But once you turn 21, it's get out often known as the 21-year-old cliff, because you go over there, now you're on your own. And John, you were about to go over that cliff. So he's trying to figure out, what do I do next? And he didn't like his options. And this is an unfortunate reality. If you have a disability, there just aren't many good options. Fewer than one in five people with a disability in this country are employed. But John here, he is a natural entrepreneur. If you didn't see a job you wanted, what were you going to do? I want to make one. Yeah, make a job. And what did you tell me? I said, I want to go to be with my dad. Very cool. I've got three sons. John's the youngest. And this is one I can work with. So now we're going to go create a business. So we have to figure out what are we going to do? And what was one of your ideas? I was in a food truck. A father's son, food truck. So opening a food truck sounded like a great idea. And you start thinking what we could make and where we would put it. Right. Uh, but we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> but out of that, uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving in 2016, John had his eureka moment. And what did you tell me? I said, I want to crazy sock. It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. He has this idea, and I'm thinking... If John loved these socks that much, surely other people would too. Yes. And so that gave us the idea, and we eschewed the normal business plan route. We went the lean startup route and said, let's just get something up and running, 
and we'll see how people respond. So you already had the name. I gave it a name. I drew our website. We built a website. We got some inventory. We were bootstrapping. So you got to make do with what you have. The only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page. And I would take out my cell phone and we made videos. And then who was in those videos? I am. I talk about suck, dad. Suck, suck, more suck. And we noticed uh, people started sharing those videos. But we got a flood of orders. We got 42 orders the first day, which seemed like an awful lot. And most of them were local, which made sense. He was in the local high school. It's where we lived. What did we do with those first orders? We do our home deliveries. So we get these boxes. We have the socks. Thank you notes from John, Hershey's Kisses. Load up the car. We drive around. And John, you knocked on doors. Right. Delivering the socks. There were some nights we were out to 1030 at night. And John's knocking on doors saying, just John with your socks. How did the customers respond? Our customers loved it. And they took a photo and took a picture. We had people ordering again just to get John to come back to their house. Ah, that's great. So in two weeks. We ship 452 orders at $13,000 in revenue and said, we got something. We knew we could grow the business and make it, make something out of it. I think it's a fantastic story. I love it. And I've seen the socks and they're wonderful. So listeners, if you haven't been on johnscrazysocks.com, it's time to get there. When we started, we could put all the different socks we had on one tape. How many socks do we have now, John? We have... I've 4,000. We have over 4,000 sock choices, which means John's Crazy Socks is the world's largest sock store. That is so great. But what we've created is a, it's a slightly different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. We have a social and a business purpose, and they're indivisible. They feed off of each other. We built the business on, on five pillars. It's in hope. Give it back, find products you can love, and make it personal. Mm -hmm. If we want to spread happiness with our customers and in the community, we have to start at home. Our colleagues have to be happy working here, have to be motivated and feel valued and respected and able to perform. So that's essential to what we do. Every package fits a thank you note in candy. So we've shipped... Over 300 and now it's about 370,000 packages. And they all get that note and candy. And here's another cool thing. If we get an order between our office and home, what are you doing with that? I go to our home delivery. Still making home deliveries. We'd love to have you knock on our door, John. That's for sure. Okay. That'd be great. I love that. And John, I got a question for you. What's it feel like to be in business with your own dad? Oh, uh, I love doing my business with my dad. Who's the boss? Mark, the boss. No. Okay. He puts me in my place. <laughs> John does a lot of different things. And one of them is he gives tours. And, and we had a, a guy we have some business conversations with. And when we finished, we had promised him a tour. But by this point, I wanted him out of this building. And John's giving him a tour. And I interrupted mm -hmm. to try to cut the tour short. And John gave me one of those looks that would freeze a man. And when this guy left, we shared an office at the time. John came in the office and he picked up a notebook that has our logo on the cover. And John is the logo. And he looks at me and he looks at that and says, whose face is that? <laughs> but it's yours. Whose name is that? I say, it's yours. Don't ever interrupt my tours again. And it's like, okay. 
So, John, you're also a teacher. You're teaching your dad. We have discovered things about ourselves. Mm. It's come up a couple of times. Back in 2017, we participated in a uh, business accelerator program called Mass Challenge. It was really quite wonderful. We'd spend two days up. We'd drive up on Monday nights. We'd get up there at one in the morning. We'd go spend Tuesday, Wednesday. We'd drive back. And would, there'd be classroom sessions. John would go ahead of time and he'd be there and he'd have a seat. And he's texting me, where are you? You're going to be late. And I'd show up and I'd sit next to him. And like during the sessions, I'd turn to him and say something or point something out. And he'd go, shh, pay attention. And we learned that if we were in high school together, Well, one of the other many interesting things is you have a relationship with former President George W. Bush. Can you please share a little bit about that with us? Sure. So that started the way many things do when you talk about, you know, twists and turns. Uh, We have learned that the more, more we do for others, the better off we are. So in the spring of 2017, we saw an article about how the former president uh, really loved crazy socks and colorful socks. And what do you say? I, I want to send him um, socks. John says, let's send him some socks. Understand, Dan. John says that a lot. <laughs> so I believe it. We send him a box of socks. And sometime later, we get a call from his office saying, the former president loved those socks. Can we get more? And we sent him more. And then he started sending John socks. Oh, great. They're writing letters. And um, on World Down Syndrome Day in 2018, the former president wore John's Down Syndrome superhero socks that John designed and thanked his his good friend John. Yeah. And, and here's a meaningful and a deep connection between the two. It was former President Bush who signed the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that changed the world. For millions of people. Without that, John would not have received the education he did, and it would not be a John's crazy socks. And then when Barbara Bush passed away, his office called again and said the former president and the family want to wear socks to honor her legacy, her commitment to, uh, to family literacy. So we found some book socks from one of our suppliers and we sent them overnight. And the day of her funeral, well, the only communication he had with the world was to tweet out a picture of his socks and why they were so meaningful, which we were down in West Virginia speaking at a conference and, and all of a sudden people were texting us and sending us stuff. And the thing that my son connected with the president at a time of need is just so awesome. That was pretty special. And then, you know, that led to like a media frenzy that, and much of the media discovered that John here is he's good on TV. One of our key pillars about our business is about inspiration and hope. It's showing what people with different abilities can do. So more than half of our colleagues have a different ability. We want to show the world. So we do that by creating content that we share on social media platforms. We host tours from schools and, uh, and social service agencies. And we do advocacy work. So the first time we were invited to uh, to testify before the House Small Business Committee on job opportunities for people with different abilities. So there's a panel of people that are going to testify. Two were the CEOs of major advocacy organizations. One was the CEO of a jobs, a jobs program. 
John was the only person with different abilities testifying. Guess who was the star that day? I think I have one guess and I'll get it right. And, and part of what's happened here, through the business we've built and the way we've built it, we've created a platform that gives us opportunities. And that creates an obligation on our part, right? Because now we have to take advantage of that. I'll give you an example of, of working in Washington. We get a phone call in our office from a customer in Houston. Would it be possible for my mother to be John? And our colleagues said, sure, look, give me Mark's uh, cell phone number. Just text him your mom's contact information, which she did. Well, who was mom? Nancy Pelosi. My goodness. So put aside your politics for a moment. I don't care which side you're on. Nancy Pelosi is an 80-year-old Italian grandmother. She meets John. And it's so warm and nice, and they're hugging and they're sharing stories and photos. It's all quite wonderful and warm. But we now have an opportunity. So after the hugs and the smiles and the handshakes and photographs, say, but Miss Pelosi, we have to talk to you about eliminating the sub-minimum wage, which allows employers to pay people with a disability less than minimum wage. So at one point, as many as 400,000 people were being paid as little as five cents an hour. Because if we get this audience, we've got to speak up. Yes. And that's the way we, we do things. We're so grateful. You know, look at you. You have us on your show. How fortunate are we to get on the Action Catalyst? And we get to tell our story. You're not half as fortunate as I am and as our listeners are that you're here today. Can I ask you one, one question for both of you? Because I know sometimes things get really tough and maybe you might feel like giving up. Some of our listeners are facing really tough times right now. What would be some words of encouragement to somebody that just doesn't know what else to do or where to turn? Even when you can't see the clear objective of where it's going to go, you just keep fighting to stay alive. I mean, our first two years, we were the beneficiaries of viral events and media coverage. As the kids would say, we were blowing up and we had rapid growth, substantial growth. But on on paper, everything looked great. We're making a profit. But of course, I had no money. And I'm asking my accountant, where, you know, why no money? And he says, Mark, let's go look in your warehouse. You see all that inventory. 2019 was a very bad year for us. We realized then we really needed capital. We went out looking for capital. We had banks come in. We were working with an investment bank. We had banks coming in and telling us, oh, we love you. We love the story. We love the growth. We love the fact you made a profit. We're not going to give you a dime. You're a startup, and we're not going to invest in you. And we had investors coming in, and what they wanted to do was buy the brand and shut us down. So things got really bad. I'm borrowing from what in an earlier day you would have called loan sharks. Today, we call them cash advance places. And it's really ugly. And we're hoping, well, the holidays will pull us out. By the time we got there, we had no money. We had no staff left. For all intents and purposes, we were bankrupt. But we just kept fighting to stay alive. And in December, I met with somebody, and it was a third-generation family business that manufactured socks. They had never made an investment in an outside company. And within a week, we had a deal, which gave us financial stability and a manufacturing heft that's enabled us to stabilize the business and to grow. That is perfect. You got to have belief and confidence that you'll find a way. It's not the same as optimism. Optimism is, oh, next week I'm going to get a big sale or something. You can't predict that, but you can believe that you can keep going. 
And what's your advice? My advice, follow your dream, work hard, so you can do. I love it. And do it with love. Right, John? Right. Well, that's part of it, right? Among the things that, we're, that we've done is we've built a business based on love. I can tell. I can feel it. Well, time with you guys goes way too fast. Can I just say on behalf of all of us and myself in particular, how much we appreciate you both putting the time in for making this business go. My father was born with cerebral palsy, and this just means an awful lot. So thank you. Can we put in a little plug? Yes. John, where can you go get great socks? I shine pretty socks. John's crazysocks.com. And understand, when you buy from us, you're going to get great socks, right? We have over 29,000 five-star reviews. You're going to help hire people and employ people with different abilities. More than half our colleagues have a different ability. You're going to help us give back. Most of all, you're going to help us spread happiness. So we appreciate all the support we get. Thank you both for being on the Action Catalyst. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.